This is the Casper and Chris podcast. From News Talk KBOI, Boise. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 606, 61 degrees in downtown Boise after a uh, weekend of some rain showers, some wind, a little bit of cooling down over the weekend. We'll get back to warm temperatures, as you heard there, uh, coming up this week, although uh, it doesn't look like we'll be hitting triple digits again, but it will be uh, fairly nice after a weekend of some of uh, iffy weather or good weather for those of you who near the lawn needed a little more water on it as we did get some rain showers mm-hmm. throughout the Treasure Valley, plus some thunder boomers also. Underway for a Monday morning, um, and as you heard right there, we're getting closer and closer to the beginning of the football season. We are a couple of weeks away from uh, getting underway with Bronco Mondays once again, where Bob Beeler will be back, and we'll be talking about the uh, whatever current season that we're in, which is going to be football season here shortly. <laughs> Uh, a lot of sports to talk about this morning. Um, coming up for you, there. it may not feel like Boise State you know, uh, has won a championship. Um, they haven't been invited to join a Power Five. However, um, with the news that came out this weekend that we'll be telling you about later this morning, it may seem to some people, especially the Boise State uh, coaching staff, that they won a championship this weekend. We'll give you the details on that coming up. Uh, also, other sports that we're going to talk about. We told you Friday... Um, all the uh, rumors and anonymous sources talking about realignment, and we said by Monday morning that we thought the landscape for college football, college basketball, and conferences was going to be markedly different than it was on Friday when we left the show. And sure enough, it is. It is uh, very much different. And still, the fallout will continue because, as officially right now, there are only four teams in the Pac-12. Right. Remaining. Remaining. Everybody else has left. There are rumors that the teams that are left don't have any place to go. What does what does this mean? You know, the Mountain West... They're talking about, hey, teams from the Mountain West, the Pac-12 needs to right now go out and get, um, you know, like eight Pac-12 or Mountain West teams to join the conference. There's a problem with that. Each one of those eight teams would have to pay a $34 million fee to exit the Mountain West, and those teams just don't have that money. So they can't, even if the Pac-12 said, hey, look, we want you want to be a part of the Power 5 conference? You can join our conference, and you're going to be a part of they can't do it because it it's just financially impossible for schools to do it. Now, it, it, it would be, uh, there would be a lot involved in teams leaving the Mountain West to go to the Pac-12. There would also, even though there are only four teams left in the Pac-12, be a lot involved in Pac-12 teams leaving to go to the Mountain West. However, could the conferences simply merge and be the Pac-12 slash Mountain West for a few years and nobody would have to pay? That is what is being talked about. Because if they do that, and, and they would basically temporarily keep the name, name Mountain West, which means mm-hmm. the Mountain West is still intact. And then in when the Mountain West contract is up in two years, then they could change to Pac-12, Pac, which which 
the Pac-12 name would have to to stay yeah. there if they want to continue as a Power Five conference. And that's what everybody wants. You want that to be a Power 5 conference. Yeah, at, at that point, I think I would just change the name to the Western Conference. But if you change the name, you lose the ability to continue to be a Power 5 conference. The name makes a difference? The, ma- the name makes a difference mm. in the contracts, from what, I, from what I've read. So there's a lot to suss out here. Um, for instance, they don't know if a team like Stanford, who has really high education standards higher than most schools across the nation second hardest uh, school uh, according to the experts in the nation to get into after harvard right and and they that's been part of the problem and why the pac-12 imploded is because they wanted such high standards and said we're not going to accept any team that doesn't meet these specific standards for our universities when it comes to education and ignored right Everything else. When they were the Pac-10, before they expanded to Colorado and Utah, they had said that unless you were a research university, which Boise State is not technically a research university, but uh, unless you were a research university, they were not interested in uh, you becoming a member. And I I get the feeling their their bar may have lowered a bit now. Well, and I, I wonder if you ask them now, it's like, man, did we screw up? We could have been expanding this whole time, but none of the teams that... We're looking to expand and make us a bigger conference, being 16 or 18 teams like all the other conferences are doing, would have met those educational, you know, that educational bar. I wonder if now they sit there and go, wow, maybe we did screw up. Pac-12 was, has, has always been, even when they were the Pac-8 and then the 10 and then the 12, they've always been really geographically convenient. Washington, Washington State. Yeah. Travel partners in basketball, right? Oregon, Oregon State. Stanford, Cal, both in the Bay Area. Uh, USC and UCLA, both in Los Angeles, Arizona, Arizona State, and then Utah, Colorado, contiguous states. And so, uh, you know, it, it was just very neat. Yeah. And, and until it wasn't. And there is some talk of, you know, looking into possibly Oregon State joining with Oregon. However, and this is where, you know, Oregon States might say, screw you, with a limited amount of money. Way, way, way less than everybody else is getting. To go to the Big Ten? To go to the Big Ten. Which would then have 19 teams. Which would have 19 teams. Um, here's the other thing, too, and, and that can be problematic for the rest of the teams in the nation. As these teams are expanding, uh, conferences are expanding, for instance, uh, the Big Ten says uh, that starting, I think, in 2025 or 26, they will require 10 conference games which only gives you two other games right. that you can schedule outside. Um, but if every game in the nation is in the Big Ten, not a problem. Right. But <laughs> here's the problem when it comes. The SEC right now only requires eight conference games. Right. So if the Big Ten is playing a much tougher conference schedule, does the SEC now, you don't, you won't see Georgia playing Samford in November? <laughs> you know, because... To get to not, the not to get Stanford. to the conf, or the not championship, to, not Stanford, no Samford, Samford, yeah, Samford, one double A team or whatever that or, conference or, is called now, or Furman, yeah, they, they, or, yeah, you know, they which they do of. now. They play an easy game, um, but that can be problematic when it comes to getting to the playoffs because toughest schedule right. gets ranked ahead of a weaker schedule. So, man, there's there's just so much, even though a lot got done. And by the way, in case you're curious, Washington 
and Oregon are going to the Big Ten with U- UC- UCLA and USC. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah are going to the Big 12. Right. So none of them will and play co- each other in the, unless they play non-conference. And Colorado also. Colorado also, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, with, that, so that leaves Stanford, Cal, Washington State, and Oregon State. Yeah. So what will happen? I mean, you, you can't exist as a, a four-team Pac-12 no, because you, you no, just you won't. You can't. I mean, what are you going to play each other three times during the year? <laughs> or, or just play, you know, you have to play everybody uh, three conference times. teams? Yeah, and then uh, out of conference, not going to be good to, um, you know, when it comes to scheduling. So that's what they're looking uh, that would, at. That would be fun. Well, we lost to these guys, but at least we know their game plan <laughs> for the next three times we meet them. The good news is um, that football is about here. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks play Thursday the other, night. The other good part is none of this takes place. I mean, none of this uh, kicks in until at least next summer. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen this year. It's it, Most of this happens next year. Uh, by the way, I just do want to remind you, Seattle Seahawks will play their first preseason game coming up here this Thursday night. Uh, I remind you because it will be heard here on News Talk KBOI, as will all the games all season long. You'll be able to hear every game of the Seattle Seahawks. And then, of course, a couple weeks later, um, Boise State will uh, get underway with the season, which, by the way, they'll be paying, playing the Washington Huskies in Seattle. And you'll hear that here on News Talk KBOI also. So uh, that's just some of the sports that's going on. There's a mm. lot to get through today. Um, this sports update is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna, always the place to go when you want a delicious breakfast that will fill you up. And Chef Wally's already making his deliciousness from scratch. Get out to Pork Belly and Cuna. They're opened up in 45 minutes. Liberty University on Sunday announced the death of freshman offensive lineman Taj Boyd. He was 19 years old. The university did not report a cause of death. Liberty just joined Conference USA this summer. Boyd only graduated from high school three months ago in Chesapeake, Virginia. As we speculated Friday morning and just talked about, the universities of Washington and Oregon announced Friday they both will leave the Pac-12 conference and join the Big Ten one year from now for the 2024-2025 school year. The Big Ten will expand to 18 teams with the addition of Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and Southern Cal in 2024. It is the first time the conference has expanded to non-contiguous states. The two-time defending World Cup champion U.S. women's national soccer team will not win the 2023 World Cup. The Americans were knocked out of the international tournament Saturday by Sweden. The match ended in a scoreless tie, then went into a penalty kick phase where Sweden won 5-4. England and Japan are now the favorites to win the cup. That's sports. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through to us, you can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Take part in the show. Always encouraged. Text us, same as our main number. Uh, the Dow up 37 points. Futures trading here uh, a little over an hour ahead of the uh, opening. We'll see if we can get back on the winning track after not a great week last week uh, for stocks across the board. Uh, we'll talk with Jeremiah Bates on the way in about an hour, find out what we can look forward to this week that could have an effect on the stock market. So that will be coming up. Um, this past Friday, you heard about the uh, bus crash that closed Highway 55 north of uh, Banks 
for gosh two and three hours close mm-hmm. the roadways both directions uh horrible thing uh luckily um nobody was killed in the accident it was a bus load of 30 um kids that crash adolescent campers um and the YM- a ymca camp yeah. ymca camp they have officially canceled their session allowing staff to deal with the emotional trauma of the uh, bus crash the uh, camp was due to start yesterday but will not be held according to the treasure valley ymca president and ceo david duro st luke's health system uh, currently caring for multiple patients who were injured in the crash at their Boise and Meridian hospitals, crash is being investigated as a single vehicle collision. There was a lady who uh, posted on uh, Facebook that she had gone to pick up her daughter at the uh, you know the pickup point for the camp, and that two buses full of kids had shown up, and her daughter was on the third bus, and it was just late. Where was the third bus? Didn't show. Didn't show. Didn't show. Didn't show. And then finally they came with word that the bus had crashed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, she showed pictures. Uh, her daughter, I guess, had a broken shoulder or separated shoulder or something, but she was lying in a hospital bed, but basically okay. But that's what happened. The third bus uh, turned over on its side. Yeah, flipped over. And the, uh, the fourth bus just stopped because it was behind the third bus. Yeah, I couldn't imagine being a parent. Of either one of those two buses, you just know that they're late, and then the word yeah. comes that there was a bus crash. You don't know which bus your kid is bus on. Your kid is on, um, and at that time, I mean, it was it was five six hours before word came out that you know that there were some critical critically injured um, kids and eleven total injuries. So yeah. um, I I just can't even imagine being a parent going, "Gosh, is my kid okay?" Having to wait. There's no way to get to them because, like I said, roadways were closed for hours on end. It's one of those situations. Both directions. It, it doesn't help when you hear this, but uh, it could have been much worse than yeah. it was. Yeah. The investigation will continue, and uh, the, the sucky part of that for travelers traveling north, that happens as a lot of people take off to travel to McCall, Cascade, all those areas. Uh, and this usually one of the busier weekends of the summer for travel north to McCall Cascade and people going camping because it's usually one of the final weekends before school starts. So people trying to get their last weekend vacation in before school begins, you know, some began last week. This week, a lot of the Treasure Valley schools get underway. And then Sunday afternoon, there was another accident coming back from the McCall area that closed the roadway down again that uh, I saw people posting it was a three and a half hour drive. I've made that drive, by the way, with no traffic in an hour and 50 minutes. So hour and 50 minutes becomes three hours and 50 minutes or three and a half yeah. hours. It's again, a, that's a long trip. Again, with no traffic. With no traffic, yeah. Um, traffic just gets really busy and backed up around banks going all the way into uh, Horseshoe Bend is what usually causes the uh, problems so anyway that's your latest update on that still more on the way for you uh once again this morning president trump's lawyer was making the rounds on the talk show sunday um he had some he had an interesting take and i have to say um we'll, we'll let you be the judge i'm not a lawyer or anything um but some of what he said actually uh made a little bit of sense We'll let you be the judge on that, too. Uh, especially want to hear from you if you're an attorney, um, if this uh, defense is, is going to work when they uh, finally 
do go to court. Uh, we'll get to that a whole lot more. Don't forget, our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. 634, he's Chris Weldon, I'm Mike Casper, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless if you want to get through. Dave in uh, Middleton, listening on 670 AM this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, how are you? Good. Hey, I was just curious, uh, I wonder why the state of Idaho doesn't require seatbelts on school buses except for in the case of school buses that are transporting kids with special needs. Um, the school buses don't require, not just in Idaho, there are school buses don't uh, require, no, I'm sorry? It's a state, it's a state option. I, yeah, I understand. Um, the reason that they don't require is because of the different safety issues that they already have called compartmentalizing the uh, buses. Um, so the buses are just so much more safer than any other vehicle because of that. So, so how come on commercial buses uh, they're required? Uh, because they're, commercial buses are different than, d- differently designed than school buses. I'm not buying it, Mike. Uh, well, I, I'm not. I'm not giving it to you. I'm. I'm telling you about uh, mm. what the United States Safety Transportation Board says. This isn't. It's not me. I'm not making it up. So, how is it safer than for special needs children as opposed to children that don't have special needs? Um, I don't know what the size of the bus is. Well, for special need children, it could have something to do with the size of the bus. I don't know. Okay, but uh, that—that's the reason. Because I've—I've I've had asked or the run. same question over yeah, a decade for, ago, for, and, and looked well, it up on why school buses don't require seatbelts. For many decades, people have have asked that question. You know, if they—if you have to have a car seat, or you know, until the age of six, if you have to have a seatbelt, no matter how old you are, how come on a bus you're just a free agent? Yeah. See, and I had that. I, I had that same question. There was a bus crash about a decade ago, and I go, "Why aren't there? You know, no school buses have seatbelts, and there's not a single state. Canada doesn't require seatbelts, and and the reason the Transportation Safety Board said was because of the way they're designed. Um, there is a reason they don't require seatbelts. So I I don't know what's true, what's not true. If they design a school bus. The way they currently design them and add seat belts, if that would make it safer, I don't know. I'm just saying why they don't. Thank well, you. Seat belts in their in their school buses. What's that? Quarter uh, Lane has been doing it, but I I guess you can do it if you want to. Nobody says you can't. It's not against the law to do it. There's just no law that requires it. It's kind of like riding a motorcycle without a helmet. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. It's a little different in the fact that, like I said, school buses are way safer than a motorcycle. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you if there's been studies done um, whether or not it would be safer to put seat belts on a school bus or not. I don't know. Thank you for the question, though. Good question. Appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
208-336-3700. Bruce from Nampa listening on 670 AM this morning. You got about a minute here. I'm just going to give you a real quick personal observation. I've been a school bus driver for three years. On a special needs bus, they're usually smaller, uh, or if they're not, they ha- but they still have way fewer students, and there's an aide that monitors the students. So they have seat belts, and sometimes they have to have seat belts because of the condition of the kids. On a regular school bus, there's only the driver. There could be up to 65 kids. No, having, having dealt with these issues for several years, the kids on a regular bus would use the seat belts to beat each other. They would use the metal, they would get in fights, they would choke each other, and that's just the reality. Right. Because not every day, not every bus, but it would happen. So until they develop proper seat belts, you know, it's just it's the, that's the biggest issue with driving a school bus. It's the it's the behavior of the kids and that's that's just the reality. That's not the official answer. That's just my observation. Well, part of it is the official yeah, answer. You mentioned you mentioned special needs buses are smaller. Um, yeah. and, and he had asked why our special needs buses have seatbelts. Yeah. They right. actually, right. by law, are required to any vehicle under 10,000 pounds is required to have seatbelts. Yeah. And those are under yeah. 10,000 pounds. The bigger buses are over 10,000 pounds. Yeah. Now, whether it saves lives, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, a great yeah. point. The other thing you left out, and all of us who have five yeah. and six year old kids, they don't know how to buckle seat belts. Yes, it'd be nothing but extra work and just to be a mess. You would, uh, yeah, you, the bus driver would have to stop and go buckle those people in every time they unbuckled their... I mean, because yep. we had to buckle all of our kids in because they didn't know yeah. how to do it. I agree. That You're right. You're right. That's a good, good, good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me give my little spiel. All right. You have a good day. All right, thanks for the phone call. Appreciate it. KBOI News Time, 645. Time for another check on sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Opening up in 15 minutes. You want a delicious breakfast? Try the uh, chicken fried steak. Guaranteed you're going to love it. And it's the best possibly that you'll find anywhere. Try it out today at Pork Belly and Cuna. In the NFL, four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Justin Houston is leaving the Baltimore Ravens to sign a one-year contract with the Carolina Panthers. His base salary for 2023 will be $6 million, with incentives he could make up to $7 million. Houston is 34 years old and getting ready to start his 13th NFL season. In baseball, Toronto Blue Jays infielder Davis Schneider, who is 24 years old, made his major league debut against the Boston Red Sox Friday after six years in the minor leagues. Schneider hit a home run in his first career at bat and went two for five in the game. Then Saturday, he went three for three, and Sunday, he went four for five with another home run. Maybe they should have called him up a long time ago. Exactly. That makes Schneider the first player in history with nine hits and two home runs in his first three career games. As of this morning, his batting average is 692. Schneider is also notable for using a beat-up fielder's glove that he got from a lost and found box during the offseason. <laughs> Sunday, Cincinnati Reds pitcher Lyon Richardson made his major league debut against the Washington Nationals, and he set a new record, too. Richardson's first career pitch was hit for a towering right-field home run by Washington's C.J. Abrams. Then Richardson's second career pitch was hit for a towering center field home run, this time by the Nationals' Lane Thomas. No one ever gave up home runs with his first two major league pitches before. Richardson's first pitch to the third batter was called a ball, and the Cincinnati crowd erupted in a sarcastic cheer. Maybe they shouldn't have called him up. That's sports.
The Great One. Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Seven oh seven, sixty-one degrees in downtown uh, Boise. Money and lots of it coming your way tomorrow night. We should be seeing an all-time new high for the Mega Millions drawing because there was no winner again on Friday night, meaning that the uh, drawing tomorrow night could be as high as one point six billion dollars, beating the previous. All-time record of $1.53 billion. Wow. The that's, jackpot. That's almost enough to make me want to buy a ticket. <laughs> the jackpot uh, would be the third largest U.S. lottery jackpot ever, trailing only two Powerball jackpots that reached $2.4 billion and $1.58 billion you know, in with, 2016. With, so it could possibly reach... To number two overall. With money like that, you could you know set up the future. You could crush your enemies. You could have a lot of fun. <laughs> um, numbers, by the way, 11, 30, 45, 52, 56. Mega Ball was 20. Want to check your numbers? You could Missed be a millionaire. by that much. Uh, no one, even though no one won the jackpot, there were nine new millionaires who matched all five white balls without the Powerball. Tickets sold in Michigan, Tennessee, Louisiana, Missouri, Nebraska, New York, Oklahoma, Tennessee, and Texas. That's weird. None in California? Huh. Seems like there's always one or two in California that gets... Nobody in California won a million dollars? Apparently not. Somebody needs to write their congressman. Drawing, by the way, tomorrow night. Remember, you have uh, 302 to 1... 302 million, by the way, uh, to one chance of uh, winning. But, of course... Your odds of uh, winning only go up a little bit if you don't buy a ticket. <laughs> you mean they only go down by a little bit if you don't buy a ticket? No, they only go up a little bit if you don't buy a ticket. Or if you do buy a ticket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the drawing will be happening once again, Mega Millions, uh, tomorrow <laughs> you, night. You, I kinda, well, I got two tickets. That should cut my odds in half. No, <laughs> no, no, not even. It's not, it's not how math works. Not it's not how good. any of this works. Um, in other news this morning, oh, first of all, before I go on, yeah. I would like to say uh, thank one of our uh, listeners, KBOI listeners, and uh, he texts us from time to time, Mike at Purple Sage. You might remember, texted on Friday, and I said, uh, I didn't know if he you know, was working at Purple Sage or if he was busy golfing at Purple Sage, yeah. but he had texted back and said, no, he lives on the golf course at Purple Sage. And I said, hey, that's kind of cool because my son and nephews and I are playing golf on Saturday morning. Um, and Mike came out and met us on the fourth hole. Cool. Did he heckle? No, he oh. gave us a uh, ice chest full of beer. Wow. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. I'm like, plum full. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I appreciate it. And also, congratulations. He, had, he said he had the beer left over. He now, got married a, now, two weeks ago. Now that's how you listen to the radio. Yes, I, that's what I'm thinking. So uh, I thought from now on, whenever I play golf, I'm, I'm going to tell everybody where yeah. I'm playing golf and what time I tee off. And exactly. you can just yell at me from the golf course. Hey, I got beer over here for you. 
Anyway, Mike. And if by chance somebody just had a wedding, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be in luck. Thank you, Mike. That was very, very nice of you. Um, much appreciated. Yes, the, the beer was, was gone by the uh, time we were done, by the way. Um, but anyway, wanted to say congratulations and thank you. He got married two you, weeks ago you, and he you, had lots you, of beer left over. You misplaced all that beer? I misplaced it. I, I don't know what happened to it. Mm. It didn't help me play any better. I'll guarantee you that. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was right here. Um, other news for you. A lot of people thought this might have been a joke, but apparently it is not. Elon Musk, the owner of X and founder of Tesla and other companies, announced yesterday that his prospective mixed martial arts fight against Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg is on. Not only on, but it will be streamed live on social media platform formerly known as Twitter, and 100% of the proceeds will go to Charity for Veterans. No date has been set for the fight, but the proposed location has uh, been the UFC Apex in Nevada. Both men, by the way, have been training feverishly. Musk has been updating his followers on how his training has been going, said he's lifting weights throughout the day, preparing for the fight. Really hard to tell them from uh, real boxers. Well, not necessarily boxers, because neither of them are boxers. It's going to be mixed martial oh, arts. Oh, I see. It's really hard to tell them. Uh, never mind. Zuckerberg is a trained jiu-jitsu fighter. Is he? Yeah. Uh, so it, 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 that's why a lot of people think that Zuckerberg is going to win this thing, is because he trains with professional trainers and jiu-jitsu. Um, it is for real. Uh UFC President Dana White stated that the two billionaires were absolutely dead serious about the potential bout. He said that this would be the biggest fight ever in the history of the world, bigger than anything that's ever been done. It would break all pay-per-view records. And yet, I still feel like skipping it. I have a funny feeling that people would watch this. feel like skipping it. I think people would watch this. One, especially number one, if it would this be tax deductible if you stream it? Hundred percent of the proceeds going to uh, proceeds going to charity. Oh, for probably, veterans, probably probably not. But it, just think if it would be if you could make it tax deductible, and I don't know if it would be. It depends on the charity that it goes to. If they yeah. are, um, you know, a tax deductible charity, I would forget to write it down anyway. So I don't I don't know if there's going to be a, a lot of interest for this or not. Seeing two b- billionaires beat the pulp out of each other. Okay, would, I'd kind of, I kind of like to see that. Oh, you would. Okay, I'd like to see two billion instead of seeing two guys who are actually well, trained to do it. Almost, I'd like to see two people, two billionaires it, battling it out. It's almost unanimous between the two of us, except for me. Look, he has drain damage. Now they both have drain damage. I believe it's pronounced Dane Bramage. Oh, okay, Dane Bramage. They both have Dane Bramage. Anyway, we'll let you know when the fight comes up if uh, there are details. As of right now, no date has been set, but this news just came out yesterday that the uh, fight was officially on. Okay. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. One of the other things we were uh, talking about this morning having to do with the bus crash on uh, Friday uh, some emails in. School buses don't have seatbelts because of liability issues. Special needs can have seatbelts placed on the student, and the student won't remove them. Bus company is not concerned with liability that, with these students. Isn't, isn't that weird, liability issues? Because it seems like they'd have more safety uh, you know, uh, procedures and whatnot because of liability issues 
and not fewer. Well, it, he makes that point here. With the other children, the bus driver can check the belts before it starts the bus, and two seconds later, the kids have the seatbelts off again. Yeah. The bus then gets into an accident. Parents are absolutely going to blame the bus company because their child was not made to wear a seatbelt. I, I guess I could see that. You can sue anybody for anything, I guess. True. Robert says, uh, this is for either of you, actually. Perhaps the difference between a regular school bus and special needs school bus is the actual passengers. Perhaps they see a greater risk with passengers uh, posing driver distractions. Actually, it, it's not. And we told, we told you about this. The, the reason that the smaller buses that are used for special needs have um, seatbelts yeah. is because they are required to, by law, any vehicle... Over 10,000 pounds does not have to have uh, seatbelts installed in. The ones we so lovingly refer to as the short bus. Yeah. Yeah. So those are under 10,000 pounds. They are required to have seatbelts. KBOI Newstime, 715. Time for another check on sports brought to you by Pork Belly in CUNA. Once again, the place to go. They're open as they are always uh, open at this time of the uh, day. Oh, sorry. That's my fault. Oh. My bad. Uh, get into Pork Belly in downtown CUNA. They are open right now seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Breakfast and lunch can be yours. Get into Pork Belly today. The two-time defending World Cup champion U.S. women's national soccer team will not win the 2023 World Cup. The Americans were knocked out of the international tournament Saturday by Sweden. The match ended in a scoreless tie, then went into a penalty kick round where Sweden ended up winning 5-4. to four. If she scores, Sweden wins, the U.S. is out. Hartig, off there, did it go in? Waiting on a signal. Wow. Sweden wins. What a disappointment. Mm -hmm. England and Japan are now the favorites to win the cup. As we speculated Friday morning, the universities of Washington and Oregon announced Friday they will both leave the Pac-12 conference and join the Big Ten one year from now for the 2024-2025 school year. The Big Ten will expand to 18 teams with the addition of Washington, Oregon, UCLA, and Southern Cal in 2024. It is the first time the conference has expanded to non-contiguous states. And Liberty University on Sunday announced the death of freshman offensive lineman Taj Boyd. He was 19 years old. The university did not report a cause of death. Liberty just joined Conference USA this summer. Boyd only graduated from high school three months ago in Chesapeake, Virginia. That's sports. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Jeremiah Bates with us once again to talk with your money to get your week underway. As of right now, the futures which uh, uh, get underway right here in about seven minutes. The Dow's up 114 right now in the futures. NASDAQ up uh, 83. Standard & Poor up 20. Maybe we can get uh, back to another good week, looking like it's going to start off after uh, kind of a dreary week last week. What are we looking forward to this week? Yeah, I mean, attention is going to be turned to continued earnings to trickle through. It's not going to be as, it's not going to be a plethora of earnings like we saw in the previous couple weeks. But now attention is going to turn to inflation because we have the consumer price index for previous month, which will be released on Thursday. You have the producer price index, the PPI, which will be released on Friday. So that is going to take the attention. And up until last week, 
that rally was strong. We had five straight months of gains in the S and P 500. We had three street was three straight weeks of higher gains going into last week, but uh, it was a down week. Nasdaq was down almost three percent. You had the the S and P 500 down just north of two percent. So for the Nasdaq. The worst week that we've seen since March. But let's put this in perspective a bit. A, a modest pullback uh, is normal, in my opinion, especially going on the back half of this year. And I think if we saw a 5%, uh, right around that 5% uh, range of a drip in the S&P 500, kind of a broad marker of the S- of the uh, stock market in the United States, I wouldn't be surprised because we're gum- we're coming off that stro- those strong gains that we've seen. August historically has been a very poor performing month, really just outside of September. And additionally, when you have stocks going into August where they have gains over 17%, a breather, a pullback is even more likely. So bottom line is, this is normal seasonal behavior. This actually might, in fact, present some buying opportunities. So if you're a net saver, dumping money in your 401k, uh, consistently making contributions into your investment accounts, this pullback actually might actually benefit you. Uh, Quick Quick update over what we saw over the weekend. Berkshire Hathaway, they hit a new quarterly record on its operating profits, and they're sitting on about almost $150 billion of cash. So if you're looking at a company who has a very strong balance sheet and getting a decent return on the cash, especially with where interest rates are, are right now, hard to beat the performance of Berkshire Hathaway. But again, bottom line is we get uh, economic data coming through this week in the form of inflation, and we're going to get some insight into seeing is this trend starting to continue to trickle down or is it remaining flat or are we potentially seeing a little bit of a bump in inflation we've seen gas prices start to creep up a little bit over the past few weeks i don't know if that's going to be reflective in this uh inflation report but the upcoming months that's going to be something i'm watching very closely all right as of right now looking like we're going to get a good start on the week we'll uh keep you updated throughout the day with a couple more updates from you and then talk to you tomorrow morning thanks gents Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 741, good morning, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us, chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Tom writes uh, in this morning some bad news. Now they've gone too far. California law is threatening to help drive up bacon prices. Uh Uh-oh. Wholesale prices for pork belly, the cut of meat used to make bacon, have surged this summer, nearly tripling since the start of June after hitting a multi-year low (laughs) in May. Somebody asks us, does that mean you guys will eat less bacon? No, it means we'll have less money. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Pork belly prices were $2.15 a pound on Wednesday, just side of their highest uh, just short of their highest level since last August. The run-up uh, could soon start pressuring restaurants and supermarkets that have been stepping up bacon promotions. Helping drive up the price surge is an animal welfare law in California that went into effect this month, requiring pigs to be given at least 24 square feet of pen space for their meat to be sold in the state of California, which, by the way, accounts for roughly 15% of U.S. pork consumption in the nation. California itself does. After after facing years of legal challenges, Prop 12 was upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court in May, went to uh, into effect last month. 
All right, then. Now, you may be asking, it's like, well, this is California. How does it, how come this is affecting the price for me? Well, because most of the pork grown and sold in the United States... Comes out of California? Comes out of Iowa. Oh, Iowa. Okay. Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mid- middle America. Mm-hmm. So... The large majority of pork products come out of those states, and if they want to sell, even though the state has the law in California has nothing to do with them, if they want to sell their bacon or any other pork products in California, they also have to abide by California law, which means they have to raise prices for everybody to retrofit all their pens, because as of right now, nobody has... 24 square foot pens to raise each pig in. They're usually in much smaller pens than that. Yeah, you'd have to knock down a few walls. So they have to spend billions of dollars in retrofitting all of their houses that they the pigs will be that they in. raise their pigs. The pigs will be coming in. We're going to cut down this wall, open up some space right here. <laughs> oh, load-bearing wall. So it... it if you uh, start to look at the price of bacon when you go to the store and notice that it has seen another big increase, thank California for that. KBOI News Time, 744. Time for a final check on what's going on in uh, sports this morning. It's brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Might want to get in and enjoy your pork belly, your bacon, your pork products. They do have a whole pork pork belly bites. Absolutely fabulous for breakfast. I thought it was good. Uh, Oh, just, just so good. Uh, Get in and try it out before the prices go up because prices for uh, pork belly could be going up. Thanks to California. That that was your cue. Oh, it was. For sports. All right. Sorry about that. (laughs) I was waiting for more uh, news about breakfast. In the NFL, four-time Pro Bowl linebacker Justin Houston is leaving the Baltimore Ravens. He'll sign a one-year contract with the Carolina Panthers. His base salary for 2023 will be $6 million. With incentives, he could make up to $7 million. Houston is 34 years old and getting ready to start his 13th NFL season. In baseball, Toronto Blue Jays infielder Davis Schneider, who is 24 years old, made his Major League debut against the Boston Red Sox Friday after six years in the minor leagues. Schneider hit a home run in his first career at bat and went two for five in the game. Then Saturday, he went three for three, and Sunday, he went four for five with another home run. That makes Schneider the first player in history, Major League history, with nine hits and two home runs in his first three career games. As of this morning, his batting average is 692. Schneider is also notable for using a beat-up fielder's glove he got from a lost and found box during the offseason. Sunday, Cincinnati Reds pitcher Lion Richardson made his major league debut against the Washington Nationals, and he set a new record, too. Richardson's first career pitch was hit for a towering right field home run by Washington's C.J. Abrams. Then, Richardson's second career pitch was hit for a towering center field home run, this time by Nationals' uh, Lane Thomas. No one ever gave up home runs with his first two major league pitches before. Richardson's first pitch to the third batter was called a ball, and the Cincinnati crowd erupted in a sarcastic cheer. That's sports. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
7.52, Hound670 on your Verizon Wireless. Got a text message in. Uh, it says, don't sell pigs to California. That means uh, we get more. I don't, I, I don't understand. Here, and here's another one. This one uh, comes from uh, Ron and Meridian. Bacon, mm, pretty easy. Don't sell to California. Soon there will be a black, black market there. I, I don't understand why the pork, and maybe it's illegal. I don't know. Um, why to keep prices down? They just say, fine, we're not going to sell to California. Although California, who by themselves um, consumes 15% of the pork in the United States, it's a big market that you would say, you know, goodbye to. Maybe that has something to do with it. But mm-hmm. if Californians all of a sudden go from paying 2 or $3 a pound or $6 a pound or whatever it is for bacon in California, it's probably it's probably closer to like $8, $9 a pound right now in California. If all of a sudden Californians have to start paying 20 to $25 a pound for bacon, maybe that would make... Californians stand up to some of the lawmakers and say, hey, we need to do away with this. We're paying $25 a pound where I can go right across the border and get it for a third of that that price. No, but they'll, they'll probably just think it's better bacon. Like I said, I don't know if it's financial or legality issues that the pork producers from outside California just say, fine, we're not going to sell to anybody in California, yeah. or if you're buying in California, your bacon is going to cost you $25 a pound because of the changes that you made, and we specifically have to make those changes for you, so your bacon is going to cost $25 a pound at the basic level. I don't know. Somebody smarter than me would have to have an answer to that question. All I want to know is, will a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit go up in price, and how much? Yes. I mean, they always go up in price mm-hmm. a little, but, you know. Yeah, but basically because of California making this law, and it's for all pork producers, not the ones, just the ones in the state. I mean, seriously, if, if I have to spend like $15 on a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit, it is going to decrease my enjoyment of it 2 3 4%. <laughs> well, like you said, instead of buying three, you're only going to buy one or two. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> I mean that would be a good idea. Uh, Sheldon writes in, I have an idea. Maybe California can just keep the pigs they produce and the rest of us can go on with business as usual, cut them off from the rest of the supply. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's like California, raise your own damn pigs and then you can do whatever you want. (laughs) The rules instead of making rules for the rest of the nation, your rules in, in California should not affect how much I pay for bacon here in Idaho. At least that's the way I feel. 208-336-3700, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, stick around. Still on the way for you this morning. We've talked a lot about uh, where Boise State could be playing in the future when it comes to changing the uh, different schools and what conferences they're going to play in. Mm-hmm. We told you last Friday that when we came to work today, there was going to be a lot of changes, and the lineup was going to look way different, and it does. We, we were correct about that. Uh, Boise State gets underway, practice is underway, football season is underway here in a few weeks. They'll be playing Washington, which will not be in the Pac-12 after this year. They will be in the Big Ten, for instance, along with Oregon, UCLA, and USC, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah over the weekend. Um, they've announced they will be going to the Big 12. The Pac-12 is now the Pac-4 for the time being. Um, 
However, there is news that came out of Boise State, and we'll share this with you. Um, some of the biggest news, it may feel like you've won a championship. It did for the uh, coaches, as a matter of fact, with one of the highest recruits, not one of, it is the highest recruit a Idaho school has ever got. And they beat out the who's who of college football right. to get this recruit. We'll talk about that uh, coming your way on the way in the coming hour. Also, uh, Trump's lawyer uh, on the uh, talk circuit this uh, past weekend, John Lauro, um, asserting certain things about the upcoming trial. And I found it interesting in, in, in what he said and thought, you know what, I'm not a lawyer, but that sure sounds sensible. Yeah. We'll see what you That's, think. That's uh, because you're not a lawyer. Well, 99% of the people uh, in the country are not lawyers. <laughs> um, we'll see what you think when, when he gives his assessment of the upcoming case, plus what's going to be happening in the upcoming case. We'll get to that and more still on the way. Download the KBOI radio app for free for your Android or Apple device. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Trump's legal team has until 5 p.m. today to respond to the special counsel's weekend request limiting what Trump can do or say about the evidence the government provides him as the case unfolds. Prosecutors writing, if the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details, for example, grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery, it could have a harmful, chilling effect. Donald Trump says he'll push for a change of venue and for Judge Tanya Chutkin to recuse herself. Legal experts don't believe his asks are likely to prevail. Chutkin has set a 5 p.m. Eastern Time deadline for Trump's lawyers to explain why she shouldn't issue an order barring their client from publicly discussing the evidence in the case. Prosecutors have already pointed to a Trump social media post calling it an implied threat against witnesses, a charge Trump's campaign denies. The implied threat against witnesses by the way was if you come after me i'll come after you mm-hmm. give me a break kind of vague <laughs> give me a break really you're threatening witnesses okay <laughs> well who do you think he was talking about i that's just it nobody knows yeah except for trump could be uh people that are he's running against in the election could be joe biden could be the Department of Justice. Nobody knows. It also could be witnesses, but you don't know. Or as he's fond of saying from time to time, could be just bravado. Might be. Now, his lawyer, um, John Laurel, was on the talk circuit uh, this weekend. And I wanted, I wanted to give you the audio, give you a chance to uh, hear this. And we told you last week that we're getting an idea of what the defense is going to be um, in that it basically is free speech, because that's what he was saying last week. Um, A little bit more on the defense. This uh, happened on NBC's Meet the Press uh, on Sunday with uh, Chuck, Chuck Todd and talking about Donald Trump committing a, quote, unquote, technical violation of the Constitution which is not a criminal offense. Take a listen. You keep uh, saying some certain things that, that Vice President Pence apparently agreed with. Let me play what Vice President Pence says the former president asked him to do. Here's what he said he was asked to do. Mm-hmm. 
let's be clear on this point. Interesting uh, legal place you're going to go that will also create some constitutional questions. He makes an interesting point, and I, like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the uh, all the ins and outs of the case. I don't know the evidence that the Department of Justice has, what they will present in court, or anything like that. But when he when he when he talked about is breaking the Constitution a criminal charge. He even said yeah, later in, in, that he never said President Trump technically violated the Constitution, even though he obviously just did. Yeah. And, and say he did. Say, say what he's being charged with. Say he violated the Constitution. Well, is, is he criminally liable for other, breaking the Constitution? Uh, other lawyers were on last night, and they said there's no such thing as a technical violation of the Constitution. Uh there is just a violation of the Constitution. Okay, so say that. Say he violated the Constitution. Yeah. Is that, are you held criminally liable for violating the Constitution? Probably depends on what it is, I guess. That's what I don't know, and I'm like, hmm, I didn't think about that. 
is there any That's kind of a good point? Is there anything in the Constitution that uh, if if violated is not a crime? Criminal crime? That's what I don't know. What other like kind of somebody, crime is there? Huh? What other kind of crime is there besides criminal crime? Civil. I guess it could be a civil violation. Yeah. I mean, if you if you go against your civil rights, you're, that's breaking the Constitution. Can you be held criminally for that? The Second Amendment, one of our most important amendments, it, you have the right to keep and bear arms. Somebody made this point on uh, social media last night. And it's like if you go to a store and they refuse to sell you a gun that you're legally allowed to purchase, can they be held criminally for not selling you a gun that you, according to the Constitution, are able to buy, keep, and bear. No. It's not It's not criminal to not sell somebody, even though that might be breaking the Constitution. It's not criminal to not sell somebody a gun. Depending right? on the reason, yeah. As long as, yeah, as long as they're legally allowed to own a gun. So I don't, I don't know. It just, it, it made me, it made me think, and I hadn't even thought about that before. But the interesting thing that it does is it does give you an idea of where the defense is going to be going in, in this particular case. Um, other news coming in this morning. I find this interesting. Um, Democrats are pushing to air the Trump trials during prime time, which once again would just seem weird, but I, I guess, I guess they can. Would, Here's the thing. If if the strike isn't finished by then, don't you think the networks would put this on because it's better well, than a rerun of, of Law & Order for the 15th time or whatever? Yeah, if they don't have any new programming, this is new programming. This is new programming. Would, would people watch in prime time? They still haven't decided whether it's going to be televised or not. No, this is the Democrats are just pushing for it to be televised I've, I've always said, in prime time. I, I've always said uh, no. Simply because whenever a uh, trial is televised, it tends to go twice as long as it normally would have, and people grandstand the mm-hmm. entire time because they know they're on TV. Yeah, and it uh, tends to be a lot more efficient when it's not on television. Based on the judge, I I just don't think the judge would allow it, just because of the reasons you just said. The judge would the judge would go, no, this isn't yeah. going to be television. We don't need that kind of drama. In this particular there were, case, there's going to be so much drama already. Why there, there were put some, this crap on television? And not just Democrats, Republicans, too. There are Republicans who say they want it televised because they want to show how he's being railroaded. And there are uh, Democrats who say they want it televised because they want the evidence to be shown to everyone so uh, people can't just go, well, it wasn't televised, so I have no idea what the evidence was. I would like to say that Trump doesn't want it televised except for, I know fact that he thinks everything is good publicity so he's probably pushing for it because he's running for president and no publicity is bad publicity when you're running for president right as he has proven so far with the polling 670 kboi on alexa first say alexa enable the 670 kboi skill then when you want to listen say alexa open 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 836 it is 68 degrees in downtown boise underway with a monday morning phone lines are open at 208-336-3700 pound 670 
on your Verizon wireless. A little cool with temperatures, at least for the first part of the week. Uh, only going to be in the 80s looking like uh, today and tomorrow before we get back into the 90s uh, starting on Wednesday and throughout the rest of the week back into the mid-90s by the upcoming weekend. The temperatures, uh, of course, we're still not done with the 100-degree temperatures. You know how I know? How? Because during the Western Idaho Fair, there's always one or two days where it's at least 100 degrees. Mm. And during the Caldwell Night Rodeo, which also gets underway tomorrow in Caldwell, there's always at least one day where it's 100 degrees. So I know it's going to be... It's still going to be hot coming up this weekend, um, and I believe the uh, Western Idaho Fair is also coming up this weekend. Is that right? I got the dates right. I believe maybe it's next weekend. Gets underway next week. Um, but I, I uh, would I would answer you if I knew uh, the answer. Summer definitely not a guy. I do know the, the uh, Caldwell Night Rodeo gets underway uh, beginning tomorrow. Let's see night. Western Idaho Fair. It's always right around oh, school oh, getting yes, back in session. Oh, right? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah couple of emails while you're looking that up uh, to uh, get to this morning, which, by the way, if you want to email us, fee- please feel free. Friday Mike, the 18th. Starts. 18th, so yes. it's next week. Right. Uh, Mike at KBY.com. Chris at KBY.com. Uh, Jill uh, writes in this morning, says, technically violating the Constitution is not a crime, question mark. What the heck is that? This is getting ridiculous. You either break the law or you don't. Valo didn't literally kill her children, but she did kill her children. This means defenders are so deranged that they're inventing new ways of reading English language. They're putting emphasis on the wrong words. She wrote it that way, by the way. The only crime mentioned, uh, oh, this is another uh, email, says that the only crime mentioned in the U.S. Constitution is treason. The only crime expressly defined by the Constitution and applying only to Americans who have betrayed the alliance uh, or the allegiance that they are presumed to owe the United States. It's mm. interesting. Uh, Robert said the same thing, says the only crime established in the Constitution is treason. Committing treason will land you in jail in, in time of war, can get you executed. Everything else in the Constitution is just guidelines. If you don't follow the Constitution, you are wrong, and the Supreme Court is tasked with du- judging that, though they'll, they've uh, long done a very poor job of it. That's from Robert. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't treason, is treason one of the charges against Trump? In this particular case, I can't remember. There are four charges. I I can't remember if treason was one of them. I don't know whether it's treason or just treason adjacent. (laughs) Uh, Mark writes in, says, if a poor black man gets off on a technicality, you guys raise hell. But when Trump gets off on a technicality, you call that justice. Blindness prevails. Mark, I don't know what... I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what program you're listening to, but it's not this one. Apparently, it never has been. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about there, Mark. Give us give us a specific instance where that we did that. I I don't recognize it. I personally don't raise hell about anything. No, I don't. I don't think I've seen you raise raise hell. <laughs> it's not really something I do. Uh, Sean Mountain Home. Good morning. You're Hi. on News Talk KBOI. So uh, with. Uh respect to Trump's lawyer on uh, uh, what he was saying on television. The Constitution is a guiding document. The criminality or would be decided on the statutes of the Constitution. For instance, there, and there's two examples. Uh, one is the uh, constant back and forth between the executive branch and the ability for the legislature 
to um, to regulate and to investigate. So that has happened in every single administration since the time began where the executive branch may or may not want to provide documentation because they have an equal, um, uh, you, you know, they're an equal and separate branch under the government. And that's constantly going to the Supreme Court to find out if they have to participate or not participate. But it doesn't mean that anything, any laws have been broken. Constitutional questions are answered all the time by yeah. the government that doesn't result in criminal, uh, in fact, very rarely criminal um, uh, charges being filed. If you think about uh, this lawsuit with uh, Raul Labrador, um, this gentleman that's on uh, death row, maybe I shouldn't call him gentleman, but he's on death row. He's filing a lawsuit based on violating his 8th and 14th Amendment rights with Raul Labrador. But that's a constitutional question that's going to go to the court to decide if his uh, rights have been violated. But that's not going to result in any criminal charges being filed against Raul Labrador. Yeah. Does that make good. sense? Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Yeah. That's a good point. And so that's that's how it works. Constitutional questions and uh, the violation, I agree, there's no such thing as a technical violation or a, it's just a violation of the Constitution. But that has to go to a court, to a judge to decide the constitutionality. The criminal charges would be based on statutes that are written on the Constitution, but very rarely, if ever, I can't, I, unless somebody was intentionally violating uh, someone's constitutional rights. You know, if a police officer forgets a Miranda right, for instance, you know, what happens to the police officer? Nothing. No, the, 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 criminal, the criminal just gets, get, off. gets yeah. off. Yeah. Right. But um, if he does it four or five times or becomes something <laughs> that is persistent, probably gets fired. He could be charged under, uh, yeah, get fired, but he, he might also get uh, uh, charged because this is a pattern and he's uh, breaking the law at that point. Right. But constitutional questions are not prosecutable. They, uh, unless it, unless there's intent, unless there's an investigation and things like that. So that that's right. the difference. All right. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. that. Yeah. Uh, huh? Okay. Bruce Wong from the uh, ACHD, you know, we had him here a few weeks ago. He was talking about the, um, uh, Idaho Patriot Thunder ride that they do every year. He just wrote in, he says, Chris and Mike, I wanted you to know that last Saturday we presented two $13,000 checks to both Operation Warm Heart and the Idaho Guard and Reserve Family Support Fund. Thank you again for you and your team's unwavering support. You bet. Happy to do it. Well, not just us, but also our, more importantly, our listeners. We supported it just by getting the word out. It's right. our listeners who, uh, you know, actually do the money giving part of it and, Really support it. So, but thanks for the kind words. Appreciate it. Uh, James writes in an email, Mike at KBOI.com says, when a Biden executive order has been overturned by the Supreme Court as being unconstitutional, is that a technical violation of the criminal or a criminal one? Can we lock Biden up using the left's logic? I, I don't know. That's why I said I'm, I'm confused on this, on this whole thing. Yeah. It can you, I mean, they're trying to charge Trump criminally for what they say is violating the Constitution. 
I guess we're only going to know once we the, the main, once it goes to court, if the, it does go to court. The main point that I was making earlier, and that several attorneys have also made on television, since he mentioned the technical violation of the of the Constitution, is that nobody up till that point, I think, had ever heard of a technical violation of the Constitution. I mean, I've never heard anybody say that before. So, I mean, it's a first. It doesn't mean it's not right. It just means... Up till now, the term was rather obscure. Another email, Mike at KBY.com, no name on it, says, You're confusing cases, Mike. Biden is the one guilty of treason. Trump was only charged with obstruction of the federal procedure. How is that going against the Constitution? Trump's actual crime was he exercised his right to free speech, not permitted in the Biden's world. Thank you. Would love to see Trump's case televised on primetime. It would help educate the populace. All right, there's one vote for primetime television. The Trump case. I wonder what kind of rating something like that would draw. I mean, it's politics. People don't pay a lot of attention to politics unless some they have an don't. interest in what's going on. Yeah, Some pay attention to it 24 hours a day. Others don't pay attention to it at all. And they seem a lot happier somehow. And the, the question would be, would ABC, NBC, CBS, would they carry something like this in prime time, or would they leave that for... This year, they probably would, yeah. since there are no new shows. That's that's what I was saying. It's like, they, they're, they would absolutely love to have a new mm-hmm. show on television if the strike isn't over yet, right? That would, that would be my guess. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. When we come back, man, it was a big, big weekend for Boise State. And no, they did not play a game. We'll tell you why when we come back. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 851-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning, you can also email us. Big weekend uh, for football. We told you on Friday when we left that the landscape for football is going to be way different when we come to work on Monday. And sure enough, um, you had half a dozen teams that changed conferences over the weekend. Uh, Boise State, not one of those teams. As a matter of fact, the Mountain West now will sit back and wait to figure out the other dominoes that will drop. The Pac-12 is now a Pac-4 with just Stanford, California, Oregon State, and Washington State. What will happen? Will they come to the Mountain West? Will the Mountain West come to them? Will they combine? We don't know. However, with everything that went on this weekend, it pales in comparison to something that happened with Boise State. Highest rated football recruit in Idaho history has become the highest rated player to ever commit to a Idaho school. On Saturday afternoon, Burley High School senior-to-be, Galen Bear, announced his decision on where he was going to play his college football. Uh, it was Wednesday night that I called Avalos um, and let him know. And I kind of played it off, sounded like I was going to commit somewhere else and that I was kind of t- calling him to let him know that I was doing that. You got all these guys there, what's up? I was like, sorry, you're going to have to put up me with me for the next couple of years because I'm be committing. Um, and he was kind of, he kind of like paused for a minute and he's like, are you joking? And I was like, no. <laughs> And then after that, he freaked out, you know. He was having a hard time not running running down the halls and telling everyone. Um, and then the next day, they, they set up the cameras and everything. We got on a, a FaceTime. And 
Um, I let all the other coaches know it. <laughs> a historic night for Boise State football and Idaho high school football at that. The top five list for Gatlin Bear included TCU, Nebraska, and Michigan, but the Burley senior wide receiver chose to stay close to home and commit to Boise State. Bear is not only the highest rated recruit in Idaho high school football history, he now becomes the highest rated recruit to commit to Boise State's football program. Funny enough, despite being an Idaho native, Bear says he was never really a Boise State fan. In fact, his parents went to uh, the conference rival, Utah State. Obviously, all that's going to change very quickly. Now fans are going to have to wait a little while to see Bear suit up in the blue and orange. After graduating high school early this semester, he will embark on an LDS mission trip and then enroll at BSU in the spring of 2026. During that time, he's going to have about an hour to train each day where he says it's all about using his resources and time to his advantage so he continues to work on his speed, strength, and skills. Then when he arrives at Boise State, he has two main goals. Continue to put Idaho high school football on the map and do his his part to help guide Boise State back to a place of national prestige. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of one of the ultimate goals is to to help the state of Idaho grow the brand, help kids get recruited from Idaho is one thing that that I I've always felt very strongly about being able to do. Idaho football players and just Idaho athletes in general have a platform and really be able to grow their brand. Boise State can be can develop high level athletes. Um, you know they have a they have a track record for. Uh, developing guys and putting guys in the NFL, but uh, definitely want to get into that, um, you know, college football playoff, be some really, really big schools and, you know, continue to take Boise back to back to the glory days of being a top, top 10, top five team in the country. Once again, Galen Bear coming to Boise State. He's going to uh, graduate early in 2024 so that he can uh, start his mission two years. So the soonest that we would see Boise State uh, have Galen Bear on the blue would yeah. be twenty twenty. Some of the some of the other teams were, were uh, kind of counting on it. Ne- Nebraska, for instance, the first place I read about it over the weekend was in something called the Husker Corner, <laughs> and it's because I happened to see the headline said Boise State because Nebraska put it in in their uh, football news because they lost a guy to Boise yeah. State, which I don't think they've ever done before. Nebraska was uh, one of the five finalists, by the way. Michigan, Nebraska, Oregon, TCU, and Boise State. Uh, Gatlin then on Friday cut that down to the final two, mm-hmm. which was Michigan and Boise State. And most people expected Michigan, who has had a huge recruiting year, probably the strongest year they've ever had. They they have finished but, fifth uh, so far, or are rated fifth in the nation in recruiting for 2024. Again, I mean, he's uh, he's a senior in high school this season, and then for uh, two seasons he will be on an LDS mission. We don't know where yet. And then in 2026, we'll be very excited to see him play as a freshman, I guess. By the way, um, Bear is also really, really fast. Uh, he is Really, really. Yeah. Personal best time of 20.41 in the 200 this spring, ranked number three in the nation. He also Somebody, gets good grades, three point nine GPA. On the on the Husker thing, they, they referred to him as the fastest wide receiver uh, recruit in the nation. By the way, as far as recruits, he is the thirty fifth highest ranked recruit in the nation and the ninth best receiver in the nation. This was a big get for Boise State. So when you heard them yelling and screaming, those were the coaches that were yelling yeah. and screaming. Now you know why. Look forward to seeing him on the blue coming up in two years.
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. News coming up here next. Phone lines are open. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. <laughs> Bacon, <laughs> the most beautiful thing on earth. Bacon's the best. Even the frying of bacon sounds like applause. It's like, ah! Yay, bacon! You want to know how good bacon is? To improve other food, they wrap it in bacon. <laughs> if it weren't for bacon, we wouldn't even know what a water chestnut is. Thank you, bacon. Sincerely, water chestnut the third. <laughs> and those bits of bacon, bits of bacon are like the fairy dust of the food community. You don't want this baked potato? <laughs> now it's your favorite part of the meal. Not interested in a salad? Bibbity bobbity bacon! <laughs> I just turn it into an entree. But once you put bacon in a salad, it's no longer a salad. It just becomes a game of find the bacon and the lettuce. It's like you're panning for gold. Eureka! Bacon! Talking. <laughs> Uh, he is funny. Um, Jim Gaffigan, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about bacon earlier this morning, uh, and why we're still getting emails in on this new California law that just went into effect, uh, going to be driving up bacon prices. In case you have not heard, and if you're sitting here going, "But we're in Idaho, it's not going to drive up bacon prices here," mm, not so much, mm. uh, because most of the bacon is supplied by the middle of our country. The like eighty percent of the bacon in the country comes from. Places like Iowa, Nebraska. Um, so what does the California law have to do? Anybody who sells pork products, bacon, in California must abide by California's new rules, which are that if you have a pig, they have to be given at least 24 square feet of pen space per pig. So think about that. If you have, for instance, these huge commercial pork operations in, say, Iowa, which is the number one pork-producing state, and you're raising 10,000 pigs, take 10,000 times 24 square feet, and you can see how expensive that would be. But 24 square feet is only <clears throat> like a, a four-by-six pen, right? Right. But each pig would have to have at least that much. So if you have pigs in a large pen, that... Each pig would have to have 24 square feet per pig to be legal to sell in California. So that they would have to spend billions and billions of dollars to retrofit all of their um, organizations to become compliant with California law. Gotcha. That's where it comes into affecting other states like Idaho because they're not just going to raise the prices, which I don't understand why they don't do, and maybe it's illegal to do it. Why don't you just raise the price of pork that you're selling to California because it's their law. If they have to pay $25 a pound for pork products in California, don't you think that people who like bacon are going to rise up and go, what the hell is this new law? I can't afford to buy bacon anymore in California. It could happen. But I don't know if that's legal to do that or not, and that's why they don't do it or, or not. John writes in and says, uh, why California not having bacon is such a big deal? 
I thought all the Californians were vig- vegans, anyways, unless there's bacon flavored grass bacon strips. <laughs> there is none. There, there is non you know, meat are, bacon, by the there way. There are a lot of vegans in uh, California, just like there are a lot of liberals in California. But there are 38 million people in California. So not everybody is vegan. Not everybody is liberal. California has a, a wide variety of people. Tom says, don't worry about California. The way they're leaving pretty soon, there won't be anyone left. This will just expedite the exodus. Talking about um, Gatlin Bear, the wide receiver uh, that's highly ranked, that signed with uh, Boise State. Or, not or, highly ranked. Not, number 35 in the yeah, country, Chris. Not, not signed with Boise State, but promised to Boise State. A BSU fan writes in and says, wouldn't it be awesome if he did his mission in Boise near campus? And I got thinking about that. How funny would that be? Uh, you know, some guys, he knocks on a door and some guys like, well, you know, I, I wasn't planning on converting, but you're such a good wide receiver. Um, <laughs> I'm a big Bronco fan. So, Hey, now I'm also LDS. I don't believe, um, people who go on a mission get a pick where they go on their no, mission. No, they, they, yeah. they don't. It's, it's uh, not, not the way it works. Um, another person uh, wrote in, uh, I'm wondering how good a football shape he is going to be in when he comes back from his mission. Well, he's going to work out. He, he gets an hour per day, yeah, which isn't a lot. But here's the thing about when it comes, you're not talking about some of the people that have gone on missions before and have uh, committed to Boise State are big, huge, beefy guys, like weigh 280, 300 pounds. The muscle and stuff, an hour a day probably isn't enough to work out to maintain muscle. However, what is one thing that doesn't go away? Speed. If you're fast, you're fast. That that speed isn't going to go. He he's running, you know, a ten point one hundred meter dash. Yeah. He's not going to all of a sudden run a twelve second hundred meter dash when he comes back because he's been I, on a mission for I two hope, years. I hope you are correct about that. That would be really really bad if he you know does. He may lose a little bit because he's not in you know that particular shape. Um. This is Chef Wally from uh, Pork Belly wrote in. He's listening this morning. Said that bacon at Pork Belly is up $15 per case. Anywhere from 50 to 65 per case, depending on the uh, product for pork. And that's a 15-pound case is standard. So he's he's got a case that's increasing $15 Per case at Pork Belly, I'm guessing that's the same way with all restaurants because pretty much everybody gets their food from pretty much the same place. And you, But you know what happens if his product goes up $15? Who pays that? You do. The consumer. You and I. Yeah. We pay that extra. They don't They don't take that out of the bank and go, oh, well, we got to pay $15 a case more for pork, so we're not going to pass that on to the consumer. No, that goes right straight to us. Mark wrote back uh, after I said, what station or what what program are you listening to? And he says, pardon me on the technicality thing. Are you guys a right-leaning radio station or right-wing? Um, the radio station itself is different than this show. I, 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 I guess mean, I don't I, understand the question. He's I, I don't understand it either. I just had a question, like and I he said. Was, and he was criticized. If, if he thinks we're right-wing, then he was criticizing something that he thinks is right-wing earlier, and now he wants to know, which are we? Well, you know, I don't... We're not necessarily either. Just 
okay, I, the, the the philosophy of uh, in in politics, you don't have to just pick one side or the other and never waver. If you do that, chances are, you know, you're just trying to win or lose, and you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what you do, I mean, you have your set of beliefs, you have your, your set of values and things like that, and you try to work with other people and work things out. That's what politics are all about. Uh, you can't just stand, you know, over on one side and criticize everything and then feel like you either won or lost every single issue. Well, here's the other thing, too. Why does it matter? Why, why does it matter if you're right-wing, right-leaning, left-leaning, or, or left-wing? We just asked, I just specifically, me, asked the question this morning. Yeah. It's like, does John Laurel, who is Trump's attorney, have a point when he says that even if Trump violated the Constitution, it's not a criminal charge, which he is being charged criminally right now. And I just asked the question, and I go, I wonder if that's true. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. And I had never even really thought about it. And there is one, only one specific thing in the Constitution that states that you can be charged criminally with, and that's treason. That's a, that's a criminal charge. And I, I, don't, I haven't, can't remember the exact specific charges um, if treason is, is one of those. I don't think it is. So the question being, and once again, you're getting an well, idea of what Trump's in, attorneys are going to be using as their defense as we get closer to the in, trial. In the indictment, count one is conspiracy to defraud the United States. So that's fraud, right? Mm-hmm. Count two, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. That's basically making a nuisance of yourself. Uh, count three, obstruction of and attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Again, that's. Uh, more like disturbing the peace, and then count for conspiracy against rights. That sounds like they're they're charging him with violating the Constitution because the Constitution, or at least the Bill of Rights, is about rights. Right. I thought it was interesting when we were talking last week that, uh, you know, in, in the Federalist Papers, which kind of explain, at least John J. Alexander Hamilton and James Madison explain, about the Constitution, about the, uh, you know, the, the vision that they see for the nation, uh, that Madison really didn't want there to be a Bill of Rights because he assumed, and probably correctly, that there's no way we could ever list every possible right that you have in a nation where you're supposed to be able to do anything short of hurting other people. I mean, you don't have the right to steal things from people. Right. You don't have the right That's to a, hurt other right. people or kill them. But apart from that, you do have a right to conduct your business as you see fit. Right. Unless, and, and, unless except for the, you know, uh, the uh, millions of rules that are put out by yeah. the government. And once again, there are specific criminal codes that say you're not yeah. allowed to steal from people. That's not in the Constitution. There's specific criminal codes for that. I just, I just thought it was interesting in seeing how it looks like the Trump's lawyers are going to be laying out the defense and whether or not it will work. Who knows? Maybe it won't work. Maybe it, we don't know whether or not the court will even go, or the case will even go to court as of right now. He's been charged. The assumption is that this is going to go to court. We don't know when. Just one of the, what, three cases so far with one more possible with uh, Georgia that could uh, yeah. be going 
208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. Phone lines are open. If you want to weigh in, you can also email us, Chris, at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Trump's legal team has until 5 p.m. today to respond to the special counsel's weekend request limiting what Trump can do or say about the evidence the government provides him as the case unfolds. Prosecutors writing, if the defendant were to begin issuing public posts using details, for example, grand jury transcripts obtained in discovery, it could have a harmful, chilling effect. be interesting to hear um, what the judge decides on this this afternoon. Does that go against Trump's First Amendment rights? I don't know. I, I have a funny feeling that's going to be the argument. Yeah, more than likely. Because it'll be the judge saying, here's what you can't talk about because you are in a court case. And, you know, whenever you get into the uh, the question of what you are and aren't allowed to talk about, sure, that, that involves the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Three o'clock our time this afternoon is when that uh, decision will be made. Kenny from Meridian. Good morning. Listening on 93.1 FM. Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. Kenny, you know, people are not are not understanding. They're trying to keep Donald Trump from speaking the freedom, the freedom of speech and things like this. That's a constitutional right that they're trying to take away from him. And they do that to him, then what, what, uh, what's going to stop them from doing that to us? You look at Biden, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. They speak and do whatever it is, and they say, oh, they can speak whatever it is. How come we can't speak that? That's just ridiculous. These clowns that are voting for Biden or all this and thinking Biden's all that, look at the treason that they have done to our country. And they are picking on Donald Trump. They need to open up their eyeballs and stop being clowns and putting their heads in the sand and start standing up for our freedoms and our rights because they're taking it all away and everybody's doing nothing about it. Thank you. That's my spiel. Hope I made sense. Thank you, Kenny. Um, I appreciate it. However, you are wrong, Kenny. Kenny, you can't say anything you want. You can't talk about an election being stolen, uh, that there is fraud in election. You You just can't do that. If you don't believe me, take a listen. That Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy, in order to try and artificially place Donald Trump at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. President elect is a legitimate president. You do not consider him a legitimate president. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. He did not win the election without help from Russia. And uh, there's no doubt that the Russians did interfere in the election. And I think the interference, although not yet quantified, uh, if fully investigated, would show that Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put into office because the Russians interfered. So we need numbers overwhelming, so Trump can't sneak or steal his way to victory. 
I think the question is whether outside actors influence the outcome of the election. They call into question the legitimacy of his win. Uh, first it was with respect to Russian interference, and now on, with respect to the FBI we see that uh, Jim Comey's actions are sufficiently questionable that the internal watchdog at DOJ thinks that they merit an independent review. You can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. Votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. Isn't it some of those things, those, by the way, all Democratic leaders after the 2016 election, <laughs> it, it, aren't some of those statements the same thing that Trump is in trouble for? Uh, with a few exceptions, they didn't try to uh, do anything about it. They just complained. No, but part of what Trump is being accused of is the hyperbole that he said, the accusations in trying to say that when his, he wasn't, his election wasn't... In the, in the indictment, he wasn't charged with saying anything. It was doing stuff. Yeah, maybe. I guess it depends on how you look at it. it it's just interesting to see that everybody's saying, oh, he 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 knew, part of it was... Um, you know, saying he knew secretly that the election, he didn't win the election. Yet here he was still saying that he won the election. Here's an example of Democratic leaders saying that Trump didn't win the election, that it was fraud, that there was Russian help, that that's the reason why he run, well, and, won and, the election. And, what, and that's and what kind gets, of the same thing that what, Trump What was gets saying. me about that, they said uh, that it wasn't legitimate because of information that was on the, uh, the the Internet. Now, regardless of who put that information on the Internet and whether it was true or not, it's still the responsibility of the voter to figure out what is and what is not true and to, you know, to kind of uh, do their own studying. Uh, and if people don't do that, if they simply believe the first thing they heard on the Internet, well, that's not the problem of the candidate. And in this particular case, we know that the candidate didn't have a deal with Russia that you guys, you know, put as much propaganda as you possibly can out there because they discovered, no, he didn't, yeah. he didn't have a deal like that. They may have been helping, but that was their thing, not his. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. We'll take a break. we got news coming up here. Next phone lines are open if you want to get through. Uh, if you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you. Uh, we do have a couple lines open if you want to get through right now. You can also email us, chris at kboi.com and mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Not many ways to prepare bacon. You can either fry it or get botulism. It's amazing the shrinkage that occurs. You start with a pound, you end up with a bookmark. Really, the only bad part about bacon is it makes you thirsty for more bacon. I never feel like I get enough bacon. At breakfast, it's like they're rationing it. Here's your two strips of bacon. I want more! More bacon! Whenever you're at a brunch buffet and you see that big metal tray filled with the 4,000 pieces of bacon, don't you almost expect a rainbow to be coming out of it? That bacon tray is always at the end of the buffet. You regret all the stuff on your plate. <laughs> what am I doing with all this worthless fruit? I should have waited. If I had known you were here, I would have waited. I would eat only you, bacon. 
Uh, Jim Gaffigan again, talking about bacon and the price going uh, up in uh, across the board. Not just for bacon, by the way. I, I bring up bacon because it's the most perfect food God ever invented. Um, but price going up across the board for all pork products based on a new law in California. And getting some emails in on that uh, this morning. Uh, Julie writes in, four by six, that's the pen size, by the way. Mm -hmm. So all pigs that are raised in the pork-producing states, Iowa, Nebraska, the big ones, uh, Omaha, Nebraska is a big pork-producing area, says four by six is almost the, the footprint of a treadmill that I'm on at the gym right now. Oh, my gosh, that's so sad that these huge pigs live in less than this right now, just so we can sprinkle bacon on a baked potato. I'm so conflicted right now because I'm such a bacon lover, hence why I'm on the treadmill. You're on a treadmill that's four feet across? (laughs) Four by six, that's what she said. Hmm. Now, part of the thing is here, and and the reason I know this is because I grew up, we raised pigs when I was uh, younger. We had probably 200 head of pigs. And part of the reason that, some of the pigs are in such small, cramped areas. When um, sows give birth, called farrowing, they're piglets, um, you want them in a very small, combined area, and we call them birthing crates. And they literally can only eat, drink, lay down, and stand up for the time that you bring them in until the time you win the pigs off, because if they're allowed to turn, turn around or lay down, they kill the pigs. They, they can lay on the pigs. The, pig, the piglets can't get out of their right. way. So by keeping them in this small, confined area, the piglets have plenty of room to run around. They have plenty of room to uh, get and eat. Um, but and, the and sows you, you, very seldom lay on them and kill them. You, you save them from charges of infanticide. There you go. Uh, Bam writes in, Mike, I haven't heard you mention another new California law that just took effect that will pay criminals. Yeah, crime does pay in California. Something about paying them to learn trades when they get out of prison. If you're a law, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you have to pay for your own training. But if you're a criminal, you get paid to go through the training. Let's just hope the San Andreas Fault dumps a piece, uh, this piece of crap, into the Pacific so it's, Ocean. It's, it's basically subsidized rehab. Kind of, mm. I guess. I guess you could really call it that, right? In other words, if you want to get training in a certain thing, just go to prison. And they'll pay you. They'll pay for your training. Otherwise, you have to pay for it yourself. John writes in, he says, uh, Trump lawyers are flunking. One, freedom of speech excuse has flunked. Two, technical violation is ridiculous. Three, what's next? A former president is above the law? That seems to be Trump's position. Let's flush Trump. Weird. I, I didn't know he'd gone to court already to know that the, he'd flushed, flunked these uh, two defenses yet. Eric says, Mike does understand a part of the case against Trump includes actual physical deeds, fake elector ballots that were delivered to Congress. Actions with words are the issue. As, as we mentioned, it's not just saying stuff. Did Trump deliver these to Congress? Nope. That, that's what I mean. So he's, he's saying he wanted it done. What, what's the physical deed that he did? I don't know. I'm. I'm just question. There are so many questions that yeah. I have on this that we're not going to well, know until gonna, it goes to, I think to court. I, think I, I going see to try, the questions. They're going to try and prove that he was part of the plot to do this, right? I guess. 
John says, uh, you are correct. The Constitution is a litmus test, which laws, when are written, are supposed to be tested against except for the treason clause. This is why many laws are challenged in the Supreme Court if they are considered flaws. It's up to, flawed. It's up to the folks challenging the laws to uh, make their case. The one thing we are allowed to do in this country, pretty much in an unlimited way, is argue with each other. And, no, we're and, not. And, and we do that. No, yes, we're we are. No, we are not. Yes, we are. What are you talking about? I'm talking about arguing. <laughs> I was helping you prove your point. I know. Uh, Jamie says, uh, we set so many uh, of the marked technicality precedents in our courts. We need to be careful what we wish for. There are uh, so many mass shootings, people killing people, but technically it is the bullet that kills the persons. Let's charge the bullet manufacturers or the mother. She technically gave birth to the shooter. Uh, She sure should be held accountable for what she released into the world. Some of that probably probably was uh, tongue-in-cheek. Food for Thought writes in. Uh, Mike at KBOI.com. It's quite entertaining to listen to the armchair lawyers this morning question one of the best constitutional lawyers on earth. Why would Trump want anything less? I'm sure his lawyer knows and understands the Constitution better than most everybody else. I would bet on that, and I'm not the betting type. Just food for thought from food for thought. Yeah, uh, When there are two lawyers going against each other, and one of them is going to be proven right and one's going to be proven wrong, it really doesn't matter that they're both experts in their field, does it? And we've had other constitutional lawyers say that their prediction was that Trump would lose this case in Washington, D.C., he would then lose the appeal in district court in D.C. and then would probably win at the Supreme Court level. I don't know if that's true or not. Once again, those are just predictions made. It is an uphill, and that's why coming up this afternoon, Trump is going to file for a change of venue. Washington, D.C. is very liberal. Finding a conservative-leaning jury is going to be very difficult in washington dc and uh does he think anyone wants to help him find a conservative leading jury no but by letter of the law if he can prove why they he wouldn't get a fair trial in washington dc then that could mean that they move well, to someplace it, else it, i don't know where that would too. be it depends too what your uh definition of fair trial is if his definition of fair trial is one that i win then, no, they're probably not going to change anything for him. Well, and it doesn't matter what his definition is. It's definition of what the judge decides right. based on law. So if they can prove that point, if his lawyers can prove the point that he can't get a fair trial somehow in Washington, but, D.C., but there then are they people. would move. I mean, it's not yeah. unprecedented to move the side of a trial. There are people, and, and Trump kind of has this tendency to say that if if he loses, it means he didn't get a fair trial. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure he'll say that again. Yeah, John says... And Zuckerberg last played jiu-jitsu when he was 10. Oh, talking about the uh, no. Zuckerberg, Elon Musk. Ju- Zuckerberg is currently training in jiu-jitsu. Gotcha. John, um, John Paul, thought maybe it was ancient. <laughs> Paul from Nampa, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hello. Good morning. Hey, Paul, do us a favor. Take us off speakerphone. We'll let you do that uh, and get try and get back to you so we can understand what you're saying. David, listening in uh, California, you're on hey, News Talk KBY. Where, where are you listening this morning? Oh, I'm in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, I um, heard a comedian the other day talking about this Trump business. Uh, he said that the right-to-life movement has turned to the right-to-lie movement. 
And I got to agree. You know, these guys, uh, for for Trump to pretend uh, that he can uh, induce somebody, he can con somebody into doing an action, and he have no responsibility for it, is not only preposterous, but he's basically delusional. And uh, I heard you talking about his so-called uh, expert attorneys. I, if I remember right, at least six of them are losing their licenses. Uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, Giuliani alone has lost his uh, bar, his law license. Yeah, but Giuliani um, isn't one of his lawyers for these cases. Well, he, Giuliani is probably uh, uh, defendant number two, or not defendant, uh, co-conspirator number uh, one. Uh, if you, I don't know if you've read the indictment, the new one yet, but it, it goes into uh, a description on, on election night that Trump knew he lost and took it for granted that that was the case for about 10 days, 14 days, somewhere in there. And then... Uh, He's sitting with co-defendant one, uh, or co-conspirator one, I think it is, and he comes up with an idea, hey, let's do a little prank. Let's pretend that you won and just tell people that you did, and we can raise a whole bunch of money this way. And so they did, and they pretended, and they raised about a quarter of a billion dollars. And so now he's got an economic model where his lie makes him money, and telling the truth doesn't make him money. So he's got a vested interest in continuing to lie. And when you start looking at um, the damages to the U.S. Capitol on that day, uh, were said to be short of a half a billion dollars. I think it was like $460 million of damages to the U.S. Capitol that day. And when you start talking about whether he can get an honest jury in Washington, D.C., well, if the people of Washington, D.C. have a cousin who was a cop that had to do hand-to-hand combat for four hours, in fact, it might have been longer than that, and Trump went out of his way to not do a damn thing for hours. I think it was over four hours when there was, you know, this hand-to-hand combat going on in there. Trump did zero. Absolutely zero. And if you've got a cousin that's a cop in Washington, D.C., if you had, uh, you know, anybody that used to like to walk their dog in the Capitol Park and and, uh, now it's all, you know, ruined, uh, they're such liars. In fact, you know, all of these phonies that are pretending, oh, we just were sightseers at the Capitol. Well, they didn't uh, say out loud that they had to go past five barriers. Uh, You know, they had five different sets of police lines uh, surrounding the Capitol. And if you didn't figure out one or two or three or four, you had to have figured out the fifth one when you saw hand-to-hand combat and you were pretending to be a tourist. Now, there are, a couple, there are a couple of things I don't agree with you here, David. Number one, um, Nate Shellman and I were doing a live broadcast during while this was happening. Um, and we didn't see people breaking through the barriers. We thought police opening up the barriers, number one. The other thing is... Uh, well, that was say we're, one photograph of... No, we watched, we watched two hours of video. Not one photograph. We, w- we were here live reporting it while it was happening. So we watched... Three different televisions had video of what was going on. It wasn't one picture. Um, the other thing I'll say before we have to go to break here is, say everything you just said about 
Donald Trump lies are true. All right, say everything. Which one of those are breaking the law? I mean, what law did he break? Well, it's it's funny you mention that because it, you know he gave a speech uh, up at the I think it's called the Eclipse. Uh, right look, at the, David, uh, we're at we're up against a, a time constraint here. I, I just want to know what laws did he break? Not an explanation. Say oh, he, when, we're when, saying when, everything when you people, said is true. What law did he break? The metal detectors discovered that people were in gu- carrying guns trying to come to his speech. There were snipers in okay. the Okay, once again, what law did Trump break? Be. They're not going to hurt what, me. What They're law? You still haven't you said, answered hey. my question. You haven't answered my question. I ask you what law, and you're saying, well, they brought guns. Okay, Trump didn't bring a gun. What law did Trump break, allowing that what you said is 100% true. I still haven't heard what law Trump wrote. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 952-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your rise. A wireless Steve in Boise, you're on News Talk KBOI. You know, I'm with you. David made a lot of mistakes. How long after the election did it take before the election was called? It wasn't election night. I know that because they didn't finish counting the ballots for probably a week. It was about a week, Isn't yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And, and you know, all these armchair lawyers uh, who are so educated and know so much, they've been proved wrong for so many times, and yet they still are going after this man. They ha- Donald Trump is the most vetted man we've ever had, and they still can't get him other than politically. Uh, You know, the impeachment process, they had the numbers they needed, but there was no conviction. There was no uh, removal from office. And that's where they failed. And that's that's what's really irritating these people. They can't get rid of him. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Paul in Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Yes. Yeah, I just wanted to say that I think the fix is in. Trump better get a different venue to have his trial or he's done. Stick a fork in him. All right. He doesn't stand a chance. Thank you for the call. The Um, reason why it happened is because of Nazi Pelosi not taking the troops when she should have. Thank you for the call. Now, you may wish or say that he needs to get a change of venue. Not up to him, though. It's up to the judge. J.M. wrote in and says, Hey, guys, you remember when Harry Reid told reporters that Mitt Romney didn't pay his taxes? When they asked Harry where he got that info, he said, Don't ask me. You need to go ask Mitt. Of course, it wasn't true, but the damage was done. Some similarities to the Dems game plan with Trump. What is truth writes, uh, how the hell are we supposed to figure out what is true? Nobody can do that anymore. All somebody has to do is put something on the Internet, and voila, it's true. Because there it is on the Internet. You can look it up. That is really the reality of worlds and facts these days. The fact is the word fact no longer has any meaning. To a certain point, I guess, maybe you're, maybe you're right. There are certain uh, issues on which that does seem true, yeah. 
another email, Mike at KBOI.com. What exactly did Trump do, question mark, besides speak, which is protected by the First Amendment? At least it used to be. Please be specific in your description of his actions. After all, it's only actions that are prosecutable, correct? Please describe in detail, as I'm actually a little slow and have not, as of yet, caught on to what it is Trump has done exactly. You need to read the indictment. Is it truly the peaceful and patriotically uh, speech? That's it for today. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.